Fit, active, healthy, happy, enjoying the prime of your life. Looking out for your health and wellness, this is Health Talk with Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug in Statesville. Call now to ask Fred your health questions, 704-873-1400, 704-873-1400. You can also visit Fred at his store, conveniently located on Hartness Road in Statesville. Good afternoon, this is Fred Lowry. Uh, this broadcast is pre-recorded for uh, Friday, uh, December the 15th. I'm a pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine, and this is Health Talk. This program is intended to share knowledge and information based on my research and experience. It is not intended to offer individual uh, medical advice and does not replace a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. Your daily choices may uh, will have more to do with your health than anyone in the health care field. Hopefully this will help you uh, be empowered to take a more proactive approach to your health. You know, I get a lot of information from a lot of other people, uh, websites. Uh, I do like Mercola. They're, they've got uh, good information on there. Uh, there's, uh, sometimes we, we go down different avenues. Uh, but uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, household products. There was a, a documentary called Stink uh, that was reported on about the toxic chemicals in U.S. products, uh, from baby wipes to shampoos, toothpaste, personal care products, laundry detergent. And uh, the individual that did it, uh, apparently his wife uh, had died from cancer. He had two young daughters he was raising on his own. And he uh, was doing the Christmas thing and bought them some uh, Christmas pajamas uh, from a uh, major uh, retailer in the U.S. And when the, the girls opened the package, it was it smelled awful. And uh, he just started investigating that and uh, turned it into a documentary. Uh, but there, unfortunately, there are thousands of potential toxic ingredients, and of course, major concern would be those that would affect uh, children. And a lot of them are covered under the uh, the category as fragrance. So, uh, you know, pajamas are not necessarily going to have the word fragrance on them, but uh, a lot of personal care products do. So there are a lot of different products that are chemicals that could be in one thing labeled as a fragrance. Uh, it's said that the uh, Glade plug-in oil refills contains as many as 60 chemical ingredients. Uh, we seem to have a, a fascination for or a desire to have things that smell good. And uh, so... Uh, I, and, and apparently that, that sells, and there's a, a great amount of chemistry in there, but uh, I think a lot of these uh, things are linked to chronic health conditions. Now, would, they, uh, would one exposure affect you? Probably not, but we're, we're using these things chronically, and there were a lot of uh, chemicals that was grandfathered in uh, after a law was passed. Uh, it's, a, it's a big business. Uh, a lot of uh, lobbyists related to that, uh, obviously. And, and so we have this uh, fragrance loophole. 
Yeah, and you, of course you would think about them in perfumes and colognes, but shampoos, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. Uh, they say the average female uses about 20 personal care products per day, and the average male uses 10. So this is a daily exposure to petroleum uh, like products and, and there they can be uh, carcinogens or allergens uh, they disrupt hormone balance uh, they're environmental pollutants they could be neurotoxic uh, could be respiratory irritants I'm sure you've experienced smelling some things that just uh, was a big negative for you for your body uh, so if you you know, is is something to look at, particularly if you have uh, health issues, um, and hopefully, if you would were to decrease the amount of uh, products or that you would use, uh, you know, some of these things will eventually work their way out of the body. So, Joe, what do you think? You got uh, you got a lot of personal care products, or are you bare minimum <laughs> kind of guy? I'm bare minimum kind of guy, you know. Deodorant, yeah. toothpaste, hair product. Yeah, that's so, pretty much it. So, do you use antiperspirants? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, the antiperspirants have aluminum in it. There's a lot of chemicals. This is this is kind of like a ultra processed food kind of thing where you see ingredients and you don't know uh, everything that uh, is in there. It's probably not a good idea. <laughs> So how about shaving cream? Of course, you don't shave now, do you? No, not a lot. I, I only use a, a trimmer, so I don't really put shaving yeah. cream on my whole face and take a razor to it. I just use the buzzer. Yeah, so my over the years, my, my process has gotten pretty simple. Uh, and I, I like for shaving, I've always used the Williams uh, soap, the, the cup and the mm-hmm. brush. Yep. And I started doing that years ago. Uh, so that's that's pretty minimal. Uh, the soaps I use for from uh, Dr. Bronner's or Black African soap. Uh, I've got a uh, uh, anti, uh, not an antiperspirant, but a deodorant that's basically coconut oil and uh, essential oils from a company. Uh, toothpaste that are uh, you know fairly bland. Uh, you know, no fluoride. No teeth whitening strips, no, nothing like that. No, 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 no. So um, you can get activated charcoal type uh, toothpaste. I've heard and that's other good things. to brush your teeth with. Is activating charcoal? It, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to help bind up toxins. Uh, so you know there are things that that you can do, but uh, I, I think it might be tougher for women. But you know when you, I mean, even if. Uh, like Irish Spring, as an example, mm-hmm. soap. I, I couldn't stand the smell of that. Really? I mean, it. You know, it's just. I mean, it, <clears throat> this is something something really to to look at. You know, f- anything with fragrance in it, uh, it's chemicals. You know, you've got things that, uh, for your hair. Uh, nail products are really not good. You know, and and. Um, You're talking about like a acrylic. Yeah. Pretty much any of it. Anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, any of the acrylic stuff. Uh, you know, when you're having when you're taking having to remove polish, you know, you're using solvents. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in, in in some cases, women's nails the health gets worse 
the yeah. more you apply stuff like that. I know I'm getting in trouble now with the, <laughs> some of the ladies out there, uh, but it, it it's a thing, you know, and, and um, so it's, it's just something to consider. When, when you're talking about potential of 20 products, it might be a good idea just to inventory some of that and just see, you know, how many products are you using and what kind of uh, chemicals that are, are there. It, it, may, it may surprise you and uh, the soaps that you use, you know, uh, yeah. in your, to wash your clothes in, you know, and everybody should wash clothes before they wear them, you know, because we don't know any of the, <laughs> any of the chemicals that, that oh, yeah. are in, in that product. Uh, you can get bland soaps, uh, people that use dryer sheets or fabric softeners. Those are all chemically oriented. These are, these are some of the things that can impact an individual's health and can be uh, really important to look at. So one of the things we try to do is decrease overall toxic load uh, of the things that you're wearing. We're coming up on a break, so uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some other household things, and including uh, your washing machines, etc. This is Fred Lowry. This is Health Talk. Stay with us. Welcome back to Health Talk. We all need a little help, I think. Uh, Lowry Drug is on Hartness Road in Statesville, established in 1959. We are a traditional family pharmacy with a state-of-the-art compounding laboratory. We offer a full line of medical equipment, supplies, including CPAP, scooters, oxygen, lift chairs, everything you need to take care of your loved ones at home. We also have a full line of supplements, nutritionals, herbs, essential oils, homeopathics, and more. Come see us. We are talking about um, different types of ha- uh, household uh, type things. Uh, we, we, we left off talking about uh, soap for your washing machine. And one of the things uh, we've, we've, we all have these, uh, or maybe not all of us, uh, but if you bought a uh, washing machine lately, it's a high-tech product that uh, is computerized and supposed to save water. Um, so the, th- the thing about that is, is the sanitation of these, of these uh, washing machines, particularly front load. And, and the, uh, the rubber ring around these, uh, this machine, these machines uh, can be problematic in terms of harboring bacteria and mold. Uh, one of the best recommendations really is to never shut the door <coughs> on those so that air can get in there. Uh, the, uh, there was a study published uh, in Environmental Microbiology uh, revealed uh, that there were newborns in a German hospital that were colonized with a particular bacteria. It's found in the gut, but you know, they were washing the knitted socks and hats to keep the babies warm. Uh, and this particular bacteria, which is true with a lot of bacteria, you know, we have a lot of variety of bacteria in the gut, and it's, ba- it's there based on the environment that it likes. 
And when you take it out of the environment, it can be a problem, and that's what happened with these with these babies. So, uh, you know, here, here's where you get into the, the chemical thing and the balance of what to do about that. Uh, you know, using hotter uh, temperatures helps. Uh, disinfectants, you know, uh, Clorox or uh, chlorine bleach is very effective at killing uh, bacteria, but it's also toxic. So there's a kind of a balance there. So the thing would be if you're if you're doing laundry for an individual that might be uh, have a compromised immune function or elderly people. Uh, it, it becomes a, a little more uh, important in that case. Uh, the mold, you know, once you start with mold, you know, uh, you know, it it gets into the air and uh, travels on humidity. Some some people need to run dehumidifiers in laundry type areas. So the front load uh, definitely uh, more of a problem for uh, growing mold uh, you need to keep those clean uh, there's um, you know the exposure to these to molds particularly in the, the south and the, uh, or the east coast even with wet areas uh, can become a, a major problem for for a lot of people so it's probably a good idea to do some type of deep cleaning for these machines a couple times a year uh, to reduce the mold. Uh, make sure you keep that, that lid open or the door open. Take your clothes out as quick as they're uh, finished. Uh, you can actually clean your washing machine uh, with white vinegar uh, and hot water without any clothes in the machine. Your white vinegar is a, an excellent uh, product to use for cleaning and you can do that in your uh, dishwasher as well uh, you just put a cup of the uh, white vinegar in the top and, and just run it on a, a rinse uh, factor a uh, good idea to wipe down the door and the, the gasket of, of those uh, you could uh, also use uh, as mentioned before you can use bleach you can also use uh, baking soda uh, it, now if you the baking soda and the vinegar are probably a little incompatible. As you may remember the science experiment with baking soda and vinegar, it would, uh, but you can, uh, you can use a cup of uh, baking soda on the floor of the, the dishwasher uh, and uh, run it, uh, you know, without any dishes in it. Uh, another thing that you could probably do. So we, um, then we get into uh, your produce. Should we wash produce? And um, that's uh, you know when we get into talking about foods, that's a that's a deep uh, deep topic uh, in terms of chemicals, uh, organic uh, foods versus non-organic foods. So um, the same thing would kind of apply in terms of. Uh, how to how to cleanse because you can these these products because you can use uh, white vinegar and, and baking soda the the main recommendation though is basically just washing uh, food uh, before you consume it uh, there are certainly a lot of foodborne illnesses uh, in the U.S. which by the way if you 
a, a great uh, remedy to have on board. Uh, just have it on hand all the time is homeopathic arsenicum, uh, which is a great remedy for food poisoning. It can save your uh, your uh, your trip or your uh, all kinds of things. I uh, I was uh, I think years ago flying out of. Uh, I think it was Phoenix. Uh, me and my son had been there. We went out to eat, and whatever I ate, I got food poisoning. We had to get on the plane early in the morning, and if I had not had arsenicum with me, there was no way I could have gotten on that plane. So uh, just a, a little tip. Uh, you know, when you talk about washing food as well, uh, the question is, do you wash poultry? And of course, the... It surprises a lot of people that the recommendation is don't wash poultry. Put it in the pot and cook it. And the same thing could be true for uh, potentially other meats. But, you know, for years I've just wanted to rinse it off. You know, you feel like you, you should rinse it off. But what you're doing is spreading bacteria uh, all over the kitchen. You know, it could be on your cutting board. And, and it's a little tricky thing to open it up and, if you've got a whole chicken and put it in a pot or whatever, if that's what you're doing. Uh, but the idea is, you know, you don't want to uh, put get poultry uh, on your in your sink, on your cutting boards, you know, particularly, you know, of course, uncooked. If you do that, uh, it's a good idea to do a, a good uh, disinfectant type uh process you know make sure that you clean those and and we spread some of this stuff too on the handles of our uh, knives uh, handles of the refrigerators uh, all kinds of things we may not even think about that so um, that is uh, pretty important uh, bacteria can uh, build up in those places you know another place uh, to consider is your your sponge if you have a dishwasher you know, can you put the sponge in the dishwasher and wash it when you do uh, your dishes? Um, so one of the concerns about uh, vegetables would be uh, pesticides, herbicides. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, issue with that. So uh, washing can help reduce that. Um, you know, there's all kinds of issues with that, but... Uh, you can you can certainly use baking soda in water seems to be one of the best things for neutralizing uh, contaminated vegetables. Um, so that's a, a you, you can also use uh, uh, for uh, pathogens you know bacterial type contaminations we mentioned before vinegar is good good for that. So you got two two household uh, common household products that can be very helpful. Uh, in uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Uh, lastly, for this segment, um, there's a lot of uh, food fraud, apparently, uh, particularly in uh, honey and the uh, olive oil industry. So probably most of your, your honey in the grocery store has been... Uh, uh, it's not real in turn. It may be some, some that is. Uh, I haven't looked at each one of them, but obviously the best way to get 
honey is from a local uh, beekeeper. Uh, so fake fake food out there is is big business. There's a, a, a lot of ways that uh, honey can be uh, adulterated uh, with sugar syrups, high fructose corn syrups. Uh, so uh, apparently during uh, an, an investigation of uh, Manuka honey, which was uh, is supposed to have great health benefits, including uh, wound healing properties. Um, only one in seven of the products tested uh, by a company in 2014 turned out to be the real thing. Um, so, you know, that's, people are selling a lot of these products for, for a lot of money. Uh, the other thing is the beekeepers, uh, the ones that know about this, generally don't want to heat their, their honey uh, above 100 degrees. Uh, heating it helps, uh, helps it move. Uh, it, it makes it easier to be bottled. Uh, Etc. But uh, when you do that, you destroy the enzymes in the honey. There's a lot of uh, good nutritional uh, value in real honey for people out there. Coming up on a break, uh, this is Health Talk. I'm Fred Lowry here with producer Joe Berg, and we will be back shortly. Welcome back. This is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. This is Health Talk. Joe, you had a question. Yeah, it's about the, the honey that we were just talking about. Uh, and when you have honey sitting for a while and it starts to get hard and it's called, it crystallizes, right? Is that right. what happens to it? Mm -hmm. I've always heard that what you do to, to help that is you boil some water and put the jar of honey in there. But the way you were talking about not wanting to heat up honey because it might destroy the enzymes. Is that something that you should be doing? Well, you can, you can heat it, but you just don't, you certainly don't want to put it in boiling water. Uh, you, you just put it in a water bath, uh, on a low temperature and just let it gently heat up. So, uh, that's not a problem. It's not a problem to eat, uh, honey that's granulated or crystallized. Uh, people don't, think there's something wrong with it uh it, and it it you know some people would say well it's got sugar in there or, or you know it, sometimes beekeepers will feed uh hives that they're starting in the early spring before the nectar flow just to give them enough uh fuel on board to be able to operate and and uh, uh for the more brood to be uh um, produced etc uh, but beekeepers are probably not going to feed their bees sugar water to make honey. You know, it's, it's just not really, uh, feasible to do that. Uh, there are, it's been reported that different types of places that bees collect nectar, uh, particularly the canola type fields, uh, granulate quicker than others. So, um, you know, I would, I would want to avoid honey from, uh, from those sources. But, you know, the fact is we, you know, when bees go out, we're not 
monitoring <laughs> all the places that they go. You know, uh, right. in, in the early spring, we have the tulip poplar trees, and uh, bees get a lot of honey. They make a, uh, a lot of, or they get a lot of nectar and make a lot of honey from those, uh, those flowers. You got clover, you've got sourwood. There's all kinds of um, flowers that bees make honey on. Yeah, b- bees are fascinating. Bees and honey, it's just, it's fascinating the way that they work and how the hive is basically one organism working together. That's crazy. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, yes, it, it is. And, you know, the, uh, I used to be a beekeeper. I actually still have a, a couple of hives. Okay. So I know a lot about it. Uh, the interesting thing is the uh, the uh, the workers bees make something called royal uh, uh, royal royal jelly, and so when the queen lays the egg, uh, they're feeding that that larvae or that that egg royal honey for a uh, royal royal jelly for about three days, and then and then they go to to other things. The uh, the queen bee he gets the royal jelly the entire time. The difference in in a queen and, and the worker is what they're fed and for how long, which I, I think is pretty fascinating. It just uh, makes a point I think for how important it is to to have the foods that you know that you eat be of good quality. <laughs> and nutrient dense, so um, so it it, uh, it doesn't hurt to to reheat that, but you just want to do it in a gentle way. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, glutathione. Some people have heard of that. Glutathione is a uh, is known as a master uh, antioxidant. So in the body, the body has a process, it's a chemical process where you have oxidation and antioxidation going on. And, and one of the things that uh, a lot of uh, healthcare practitioners have looked at is how do you increase glutathione in the body? And they, they've done it in many forms. They've done it in uh, liposomal forms, which is like getting it in, in a type of fat that carries it into the body. Uh, some doctors have done it intravenously, which I'm not really a big fan of, uh, because it's kind of a, in my mind, it's a uh, more of a heroic type of thing in that you, you know you're you're hitting the the body with a lot of one thing, and uh, some patients get benefit from it, but it doesn't last. Uh, so there there's another answer to that, but. Glutathione uh, is made from N-acetylcysteine. You may remember that from uh, when we had COVID. We were <clears throat> people were using N-acetylcysteine uh, to help liver support. Um, so uh, the uh, the N-acetylcysteine uh, combined with uh, with uh, glycine is what makes glutathione now glycine is a an amino acid um, so 
<clears throat> this this glutathione is is really important, but the body regulates how much is made, and, and this is the key part of this is that, you know, we we look at sometimes we look at one thing in the body as something that we need. For instance, we need antioxidants. Well, so oxidation is bad, but it, it's really not. It's part of the way the body works, and there's a balance between chemical oxidants and antioxidants and and when you try to push too much of one thing uh, in a direction you can uh, change the balance of that <coughs> and what that does is get, can make changes in uh, your energy producing mitochondria so glutathione is is important <coughs> it helps regenerate uh, vitamin c and e uh, helps with liver detoxification. <clears throat> uh, it reg regulates uh, the neurotransmitter glutamate. You know, so uh, glutamate, uh, you may associate that with uh, MSG monosodium glutamate, uh, which where the brain gets uh, overexcited. Uh, the gut might get overexcited. You get uh, diarrhea from too much of that. Uh, some people are more sensitive to that than others. So, you know, we need glutathione and when we're sick and under stress. Um, you know, we uh, we can be using it up as, as other things uh, that we've talked about when you're under stress uh, too much. So uh, the key to this is... Uh, a product that has N-acetylcysteine uh, in it, uh, along with glycine. Um, so, if you're one thing that you you may consider too is if you're taking collagen, uh, there is a lot of cysteine already in that. So, uh, you may be able to just take uh, N-acetylcysteine uh, along with your collagen. Uh, it, but it, it, it becomes a good product. Uh, Natural Creations has come up with a combination of that. And um, I really think that uh, this is the best way to boost glutathione uh, in the body. So, uh, you know, the N-acetylcysteine is great for a lot of things. That we, we used to think about it and use it primarily uh, as uh, something for lung patients for COPD because it decreases uh, mucus uh, and helps uh, shortness of breath. Uh, it also blocks uh, biofilms which harbor bacteria. We're coming up on a break. We'll talk a little bit about this, more about this when we get back, and we're also going to talk about cancer and sugar. Stay with us. Welcome back to Health Talk. Lowry Drug uh, is a traditional pharmacy and compounding pharmacy. Uh, our compounders have over a hundred years of experience in this field and have, uh, we also have a state-of-the-art laboratory there, serving states from the surrounding area for over 64 years. So we were talking about uh, N-acetylcysteine, glutathione, and glycine. Uh, it's just as a reminder, uh, the uh, 
sometimes a way to help the body is not to give the body the exact product, but to give the body the building blocks that it needs and let it do the thing that uh, it was designed to do. And, and, and that's what happens when you uh, eat good food. Uh, so um, one, one way to do this with, uh, and we talked about uh, using N-acetylcysteine um, and glycine together, uh, and um, one of the things that uh, that happens, uh, it, you know, it, with bacterial infections, and particularly in the gut, is we develop these biofilms. And biofilms are like little slimy kind of things that places that bacteria get, and and they stay in there, and they're protected, uh, and and that can become an issue. Uh, so. Um, N-acetylcysteine pl- does play a big role in that, um, in, in helping with that situation. So if you, if you feel like you need to, to boost glutathione, uh, Natural Creations has this product with uh, glutathione and glycine together. So while we're talking about the gut, um, you know, I, I ran across this and heard about this years ago. We were talking about uh, cancer and how sugar feeds cancer. So one of my recommendations with for people that, that have cancer is uh, to not eat refined sugar. And that recommendation uh, would probably be for everybody. Um, the question is, does it, uh, you know, does it really feed sugar? I had uh, made that uh, comment to uh, many years ago to an oncologist and they didn't really believe me. I was able to find a paper on it pretty pretty easily uh, and sent that over. Uh, you know, and the thing is that, you know, what uh, sometimes when we're treating patients either in a, in a medical setting, we give them cookies and soft drinks and, and uh, may not be the right, right choice. Uh, I will tell you there's a big difference in uh, in sugars that are found in fruits and uh, vegetables and starches versus processed sugar, which includes uh, table sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Uh, there, there's certainly been uh, a link between uh, refined sugar intake and a cancer risk. Uh, so one of the things that refined sugars do is they create endotoxins in, in your gut. Uh, which uh, is bad for mitochondria uh, and can result in uh, calcium, uh, not calcium, cancer metabolism. So, uh, and, and I will tell you that the, the sugars, the fructose in whole foods uh, is, is not really the problem and doesn't really produce these endotoxins. So, uh, basically, what happens in cancer is that uh, the cancer is burning energy inefficiently in the absence of oxygen. And, and, and so when uh, mitochondria is an example, the energy-producing organelles of the, the body produce energy is in the presence of oxygen. So it's, it's a different kind of uh, pathway that... Uh, and, and the question is, uh, is it the, the, you know, does the sugar feed the cancer? Why, why does that happen? Uh, and so part of that is 
that when the mitochondria become dysfunctional, when you feed them in a way, your, your body in a way, you know, with the wrong kinds of fats and, and seed oils and uh, that type of thing, then those, those, that, that mitochondria can't do anything different than to burn sugar in a way that is, creates cancer or feeds the cancer. So, you know, that's part of the problem. And so in theory, if you were to, to be able to uh, improve the diet and, and, and feed the mitochondria and the, the body and the cells, that uh, it would revert back to consuming the sugar and burning the sugar in a way that uh, was healthy and, and did not promote that. So, uh, you know, the question would be, what, well, what about fats? You know, uh, burning fat is energy, and we, we store fat uh, to burn uh, in times that we uh, maybe uh, need to burn fat. But obviously, in the U.S., uh, the, there's way too much of that. So, uh, you know, one of the ways to uh, improve that is... Uh, that situation is to decrease dietary fat. Now, the the concept that that uh, sugar feeds cancer was known as the the Warburg effect, and uh, so it it it, it uh, recognizes that cancer uh, burns uh, you know sugars without oxygen. And, and it's, a, it's a very negative thing. So it's not quite as simple as saying that uh, cancer thrives on sugar. Uh, it, it, it certainly does, but there's, you know, it doesn't really take into the, the consideration the, the physiology of the mitochondria. Um, so, you, you know, it, do, it, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem normal in terms of that, but... At any rate, uh, the idea would be once you uh, fix the mitochondria and allow the cancer cells to metabolize, and this is a, this is not a claim per se. It's just it's just basically a theory. Uh, and, and the cancer cells metabolize glucose in the mitochondria in a way that was was normal. Uh, then the cancer potentially can regress back to normal cells, uh, but. <clears throat> You know, going back to the gut, we these refined sugars create uh, dysbiosis in the gut. Um, excuse me a minute. Let me take a sip of water. So we we get the endotoxins from the bacteria uh, that destroys the uh, mitochondrial function. <coughs> Pardon, and then we can think about. Uh, colon cancer first. So the you know the other thing, and we we in the South we love our sweet tea, of course. And uh, if you combine that with uh, fried foods, uh, you know it's, you're really going down a wrong path in in that way, unfortunately. So uh, the other thing, once you start changing the bacteria, you're feeding uh, other things. You're feeding yeast. You're creating more endotoxins in there. Uh, you're also creating more gas, so people that have uh, excess gas uh, one way or the other, you, you end up with that. 
so um, you know it becomes a problem. So you know, the the thing about mitochondria is just about every disease state, uh, you know, and just about uh, r- relates to problems with mitochondria, and just about every uh, natural therapy uh, in many ways leans itself towards improving mitochondrial function. Uh, so we, we really have to look at what causes that problem and what uh, opens the door for these cancers. Uh, the, the, um, one of the, the main contributors uh, would be excess linoleic acid. That's the uh, seed oils that we've talked about that are so uh, damaging. Uh, electromagnetic fields can uh, cause that. The endotoxins that are created in the gut from... Uh, from the excess sugar and estrogen dominance. And estrogen dominance can come in play with uh, the phytoestrogens, the uh, plasticizers, all of that. It was basically, when I say that, we're talking about a lack of progesterone in the body. Uh, so progesterone plays a big role <clears throat> in balancing uh, estrogen in the body. Uh, it... it uh, becomes uh, kind of like anti-estrogen in, in a way. And, and so that's one reason we, we always recommend if you're on estrogen therapy, you must be on progesterone as well, uh, either uh, topically or uh, orally. Um, so w- once that, uh, that estrogen dominance takes place, you know, we're, we're also looking at, you hear about cancers that are, estrogen or progesterone dominant well you know the the problem is that you're not balancing out those uh those hormones so uh it it just gives you uh, a lot of things to think about um you want to eat uh, whole foods stay away from refined sugars uh fermented foods are are great uh if you uh i would lower your uh seed oil intake uh Make sure you're eating healthy fruit, uh, good probiotics. Uh, you know, all of these things uh, play a role in your health. That's, that's all the things we talk about here on Health Talk in this show. Uh, you can improve your health. Uh, it's just a matter of focusing on making improvements. Start small and, uh, you know, just keep keep after it. It's, a, it's the style of your life, how you're going to live, how you take care of yourself. I'm Fred Lowry. This is Health Talk. I'm from uh, owner of Lowry Drug Company here in Statesville. Come see us. We'd uh, love to be able to help you.